The views and opinion and comments on this episode of the Black and Blue Vanguard podcast do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinion by any law enforcement department or agency. Content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Listener's discretion is advised. Now that that's out the way, let's get this show started. Welcome one, welcome all. This is the Black and Blue Vet Girl Podcast, the only podcast that was made by law enforcement for law enforcement. To express our thoughts, our concerns, ideas, or hey, if you just want to vent, you can do that too. Now hold on, wait a minute, civilians. We haven't forgot about you. We welcome you to listen in. We'd like to hear from you. I'm not alone. I brought back up who's on this ride along with me. Wadi. And Holiday. And I'm Jules. We have a great show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. On today's episode, the Vanguards are joined by Cool Keith Thornton as we talk about his career in law enforcement, as a dispatcher, and much, much more. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get busy. Holiday, what's popping? Not much, not much. Blessed, as always. Miss Wadi, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we have got a treat today. We got Cool Keith. <laughs> our favorite dispatcher you know saying and also a big supporter of law enforcement man he have a voice and he and he's not afraid to speak it big keith how you feeling baby i'm feeling great so <laughs> 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 well, man i appreciate it jules holiday and jasmine i appreciate it guys i love you guys i'm fans of you uh, just in your personal lives on fans and your personal lives and what you're doing as, as, as black people and, and, and great citizens, but I'm more so, uh, just, uh, very inspired by what you guys are doing, you know, even with this podcast, but also while you guys work to protect and serve this, this wonderful city of ours, but this very crazy and out of control city of ours. So you guys are juggling a lot and it's just an uh, absolute pleasure for me to be here. So, uh, thank you guys. And with that, I'm doing very, very well. Oh man, that's what's up, man. That's, that's what's up, here. man. Thank you for the kind words, man. We definitely need it this 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 day and age, man. Because if you know, man, it's rough out there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it's rough. And you know, huh? We can talk about all of the roughness. That's what I do. Like, like, like all of that, you know. Oh yeah. You know, you got to talk about it and, and see what we can do to change some of that. Oh man, you know what? You know what, man? Cool, Keith, man. It's funny you said that because that's why we built this platform this this podcast because a lot of stuff in law enforcement we you know officers we kind of just internalize a lot of things or take it to the bottle or whatever the case may be and you know we were sitting up here like the soldiers really don't have a voice we really don't express how we feel or what what you know the things that's going on hey it affects us. It affects us. Affect everybody, and this is how we feel about it. A lot of times, we just, you know, it's either a order change here, or you got to do this. There's a civilian board. You, you know, we're not going to chase anymore. You guys, we're just taking it and not really, not really getting asked how we feel about things. So, man, so that's why we come together on this, on this podcast, just to just to, just to vent a little bit. 
I love it. So, you know, everyone has has that ticking point. And even if you're not at the ticking point, you've got to know how to refresh yourself mentally and physically. And when you're not given that platform to do so, uh, whether in your personal and your, your professional life, bad things can happen. And I think that's oh, yeah. what's happening a lot um, mentally for a lot of officers. And it's not good. So once again, I commend you guys for what you're doing, because you're allowing even just one voice to hear, um, you know, your podcast. And that could, you know, definitely change someone's life. Oh, man, that's what's up, man. Man, we love it. This is part where we talk about what's new in the beat, where we give a story about something happened while we're at work that's funny or crazy or just like what the hell moment. Uh, hey, anybody want to go first? Holiday, Miss Wadi. And, and Keith, I know you, you got some stories, too. Now, we would we would <laughs> like for you to say, uh, you know, tell us a story that happened, you know. So uh, matter of fact, uh, Holiday, if you have one, you know, you go ahead, kick it, because Keith, I want, I want to save you. The, I'm gonna save you for last, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's see, let's see. Uh, um, of course, we go to a uh, call. Um, first, it was like a shot spotter call. As we go to that, as we go to that call, we see a car not moving. We see a car not moving. Me and my partner, and we pull up to the car, and He's sleep. He's knocked out. We knock, mm -hmm. knock, knock. We're trying our best. We're trying our best. Well, hey, wake up. Knock, knock, knock. Call CFD. Put the little bricks under the tires. You know, make sure he don't wake up and pull off. Uh-huh. And uh this dude, when we finally got him up, he pulls off and then he crashes. <laughs> he he pulls off, he drives over to the sidewalk. Hits, hit like a little pole, whatever. We get him out the car. He said, and of course, that's the day he had a gun. It's time to go home. Oh, damn. Okay. Had a we had a gun on him. We had a gun, like, oh, man. So we get him in the car, whatever. This dude could, could not remember nothing. We, 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 we put him in a lockup, uh, the processing room. He said, man, where was I? I said, man, you was on Western, man. He said, shit, I don't even take Western. I was on Western. <laughs> That's funny. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> I, said, I said, what's going on here? This dude was like, man, I'm just so mad at myself because I just got out of jail. I was like, well, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, I was. I tell you one thing. I try to wake you. I try to wake you up, but man, you 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 end up get up, crash the damn car, had that pistol on you. So I said, it's like, what? This one knows what the hell moment. See, like, I think I was more pissed off because it was time to go. And man, it'd be like that too. But it's yeah. time for you. It's time for you to go, and you get something juicy, and you're like, oh, I don't want this. <laughs> it's like like he had over three stacks worth of money on him. Oh, yeah, you got he had, inventory. Yeah, yeah, he had bag, he had bag of cannabis. They said it wasn't over a hundred grams, but okay, he, he had a lot of baggies on him. I'm like, man, oh, he out there selling. He yeah. out there selling. That's what he doing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, sure. And what kind of? And what kind of pipe he had? Um, man, um, he had a forty. Uh, oh yeah, forty k. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 40 cal. Uh, 
I think it was a, a Smith though. Smith and Wesson. Smith and Wesson. Yeah. Okay. Hey, but that's hey, but you know what? I know you're mad because you wanted to leave, but that's still a good pinch though. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> another another gun off the street. Yeah, there you go. You out there say holiday. You saving lives out there, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I do, baby. You know, if you, ain't first, if you ain't first, you're last. You know what yeah, I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miss Waddy. I know you got some, Miss Waddy. I don't really. It was just a guy who, like, me and my partner, we was driving to the station. It's really quick, like, um... We were driving to the station and we was like, did I look at this light right? Didn't this light red? Cause we was behind somebody. He literally stopped and just kept going. And I was just like, you know how somebody do that? You just be like, let me look at this light to make sure I've always known throughout my whole life, red meant stop. So uh-huh. he drove, so we drove behind him. And I said, I'm not even gonna pull him over. I wanna know like, I, I said, I'm going to pull up on the side of him. I turned my lights on. I pull up on the side of him. And he rolled his window. I said, I said why you, why you do that? Why you run that light? He's, he was like, man, you know, it's just every time I come this way, everybody else is always taking that light. They're just always running that light. Oh, you know, like, when is my turn? You know, I was like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, my partner just got to cracking up. I was like, you don't do that no more. Just go home. He's like, you know what? I live over east. And I'm like, I don't know why you tell me your location like that's supposed to justify you why you just ran this light. But I was like, yeah, just go home, man. Just don't do that no more. But I was just like, he really, he really was like, he, he had that look on his face. Like, he wanted to try to be funny. He had like this serious, like, look on his face. Like, you know, I just... I just wanted a shot. Like, like, dude, I'm like, stop playing with me. But I, it was hilarious. It was hilarious in the moment. Because I was not, I was, you know, typically somebody would be like, you know, officer, I apologize. You know, I'm tired. I'm just ready to get home. He like, you know, officer, it's just every time so I come over there, it's like everybody always running this light. And I'm just like, you know, when do I get to run the light? And I'm like, really? <laughs> man, that dude won his turn, man. He want to run that light bad. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be too bad if you wasn't like behind him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If the police wasn't behind him, he'd have been okay. But since I don't even think he knew though. Yeah, no, he, he didn't. He wasn't paying attention. No, he wasn't paying. Hey, he said no. he won his turn, huh? Man, that's funny. <laughs> man, that's a good one. That's a good one, Miss Waddy. That's a good one. That's a funny one. Man, mine's is pretty quick. I was helping Tech out one time. Uh, dude was in a stolen car with him and his female. So I'm over there talking to him, and the car actually he. The tech guy said the name of the person's car, so it's his girlfriend's car. Okay, so it's like one of the domestic steals. Like, all right, cool. But the girl in the car with him isn't his girlfriend. So Macaroni Tony was out there pimping, man. I was like, okay. Like, I see you, Roni. I see you. You know what I'm saying? So unfortunately, we, we end up calling uh, the owner of the car, see what, what, you know, all right, what you want us to do with this. Well, you know, we got your boyfriend and... Uh, what you want? Do you want them locked up? We want to press charges. What you want? She want them locked up. I said, okay. So I have to tell baby girl, like, hey, listen, yeah, you got kick bricks. And we have to take macaroni Tony. So <laughs> over there, you know what I'm saying, searching him, you know, he has he had his his uh prescription, his prescription medicine. I was like, okay. I said, man, what's this for? He says for his blood pressure. So I hand it to uh the tech guys. He said, Yeah, it's for his blood pressure. So the tech guy, uh I forgot which one, who it was, but he opened it up and 
lo and behold, that dude had some blow on him, had some cocaine on him. Oh man, I looked at Macaroni Tony, man. I said, dude, you was trying to get it on, man. He was over there <laughs> trying to get it on, man. You had your, you had your, you know, say your side chick. Yeah, you had some blow on you. You was about to party, wasn't you? He said, man, you know me, man. He said, okay, hey. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, man. <laughs> but yeah, man. But we end up taking Macaroni Tony into the station, man. So, cool, Keith, man. What, what you got for us, man? Oh man, you know, it's it's hard when you like work in public safety, you know, as a police officer and even dispatcher. I've done volunteer firefighting, EMT. You have all these stories that are funny and everything else until you ask, someone asks, what's the funniest one? Um, or what's the worst one or whatever. Then you can't think of anything. But closest thing I can think about when I was in the field, um, I mean, I've had so many funny stories, but one that's real simple was uh, I was working in a Latino area in South Central. And a lot of them spoke, you know, Spanish, which I speak very little Spanish at the time. And so me and my partners go on. My partner at the time was Mexican, but he didn't speak English. I spoke more Spanish than him. Wow, it was wow. for a simple, a simple music disturbance. They were, you know, when 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 Latinos party, they party. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like my spouse yeah. is Latino, so I think I can yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they party, they go party yeah. for some hours. For sure. So, for sure. You know, one of those officers when I was out there, you know, I was, I always tried to be, you know, call me cool Keith, but I tried to be the cool officer where, you know, I wasn't too much of each side. I wasn't too lenient, but also wasn't too, you know, kind of crazy. Some, some, some bosses are like that, but you know, we, but before we hit like the fourth block out, I mean, you could hear music pumping. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> it was like a concert, man, but yeah. we pulled up and uh, once we pulled up and whatnot, um, they, they got really scared, actually, as we came in there, you know, um, and uh, they turned the music off and walked to the backyard and they were all just staring at both of us. And uh, the funny thing is they looked towards my, my partner, who's Mexican, and I started speaking Spanish to him like, hey, what's up? Like, I, like that movie, uh, Martin Lawrence, Blue Street. Yeah. And I said, turn the music back on. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, turn the music back on. And they turned it on. I started dancing all types of Latino style uh, uh, dance moves on with, with <laughs> each of the people there, the, the females, the, the males, and they absolutely loved it. And that, that was like, you know, things like that was like the cool stuff that happened. And then at the end, I said, hey, you gotta turn the music down a little bit. It's too, it's too late and you're playing it too loud. But from that moment on, you know, um, I gave my business card and they would contact me for little things and whatnot. And, you know, it was a funny situation that could have been, you know, perceived negative if we just went in there and just shut it down versus yeah. the info we would get later on. So that's something funny, but also yeah. just kind of how I was when I was out there doing what you guys do. Oh, man, yeah. that's what's up. That that's is. What's up. That's what's up. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's that's yeah, good that's interaction. Good. That's good interaction. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get some PC, <laughs> get some PCIs and let me get a oh, uh, community gosh. action over here. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me started with that. Let me get a PCI over here. <laughs> times uh, times 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Times right, Ocho. Man, yeah, right. So it's Ocho, right, right, right. Hey, man, I bet you they was like, wait a minute, man. My man said, turn it up. Okay. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know what I was thinking about? I was like, man, the person that called us in looking at us right now from whatever window, oh, right. they going to call in and write my black ass up, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get those calls, oh, man. Where it's, 
it's just annoying people that call all day for the dumbest stuff. So it's like, yeah. so you get tired of like, dude, yeah. calm down. He's working on his car on the, on the street. He's on the street. Who cares? He's not shooting and killing somebody. Like there's bigger yeah. things to do. Who but, are you telling? They are called <laughs> because the common people working. Right, right. Doing construction work. They working and I'm... Yeah, yeah, like what I'm supposed to do. Wait, right. the comment people are working to turn their lights on that they called about. Exactly. <laughs> that they feel right, I paid the bill for. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, I think that's one that's one of the problems, man. The call volumes that people was complaining about, a lot of the stuff, you know, good, you know, some of the stuff's not police related. You not know? at all. And that can really clear up some of the workload you know, by, you know, just saying, hey, that's not a police issue. Yes. You know, it's so well, much stuff that's going on. It's like, man, my God, the call yeah, well, is just that's, ridiculous. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I'm going to get into when you guys ask me, whatever questions you want to toss out of me, you know, just things that I would love to see, um, not only with the, the Chicago Police Department, but, you know, the Chicago Fire Department, the, the city of Chicago as a whole, as to what we can kind of do to help a lot of the situations yeah. taking place here. Oh, okay, cool, man. That's what's up, man. Hey, man, cool, Keith. Hey, I, I see, I see politics is in your future, cool, Keith, man. I see it's in your future. <laughs> I hate calling politics, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stand, I can't stand politicians. Right, no, no. Me neither. Right. <laughs> Me neither. But unfortunately, you know, when you want things done, you you have you kind of have to take that, you know, take that step into going into that unfortunately because what i've learned in in every capacity that i've been in um like i said uh fire ems police officer dispatch emergency management um even kind of where i'm at now you know working as a supervisor in uh emergency management you you can't really affect the change that you really want to affect you know you can't really make those big decisions and changing things on a large totality of of what you truly want to do you know what what people are saying in the news and and what uh, different ethnicities and races of people and sexual orientations of people and um, just different cultures of people are having issues with, whether it's police-wise or, or, or mm-hmm. police-wise, you can't do that being a great police officer by yourself. You can't do that by being oh, right. a great teacher. You can't do that just being you know, a great priest in, in all of the Catholic churches or whatever, you know, or a good pastor. Because when people look at these big groups, for instance, the churches, people mention church to me and I go to church and I'm very happy at my church, but that's my church. A lot of these pastors um, and a lot of them are black and, and they look just like us, but they're still in all types of different things from our people, you know, but that, yep. doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that they're not, great black pastors out there who are doing the right thing. And that's kind of right. how law enforcement is right. as well. People mm. see the nonsense happening um, and they don't realize every person that I'm talking to right now, all four of us, we took this position um, of, of being who we are in, in public safety, no matter what we do. And we did that because we wanted to change some of the narrative of, of, of being a police officer. But as yeah. you guys know, by being um, African-American males, females uh, assigned to this district or that district or this shift or this watch. Um, it all plays a role in it. By you guys doing what you do and what I've done, what I've done, um, you still see that you kind of do things a little bit different and you would love for others to kind of follow that model, but it's very, very hard. It's not necessarily like what the public perceives of us and says, oh, they're they're uh, cold blue, you know, there's a silence and all that. It's not necessarily uh, that. There is people like that, you know, right, I don't right, right. go to death with them, but that doesn't mean that every officer is doing that. A lot of us, we we can't stand the bad officers out there just as much as the public can't stand them, you know? Exactly. Amen, yeah. brother. Amen. Yeah. So, 
even with the recording, like if you even with recording offices, like you can only go so far. It's up to the people who's in charge of making those uh, disciplinary decisions to do their part. You know what I'm saying? And um, and also, um, you know, because like you said, like people want to generalize all police officers and they really get tired of even us saying stop saying y'all can't you know i'm gonna generalize all y'all because y'all law enforcement y'all supposed to do this shit. i get that yes law enforcement has the top priority job where we get the authority to take someone's life if need be so absolutely not there should be not one officer abusing that power that is dangerous and the most scariest thing to know a person in authority and in that authoritative position to abuse their authority we're against that but to say it's okay to generalize all officers, you literally have to say that about all professions. Yeah. Literally, mm-hmm. you have to say that about, if you're going to say that, you got to say that about the hospitals. You have to say that about doctors. You no. have to say, it's just like when they say, the, no, because it's, it's racist people on another on on department. So all y'all bad, all y'all this, all y'all, all y'all, all y'all sweetheart you have to say that about your doctors and nurses too because and that's the, and i hate to use that example because i literally honor what nurses and doctors do because the way i see it like of course out you know yes it's god's will whatever god's will be done but they are the experts doctors, they're the yes. experts in their profession yes <laughs> and they <laughs> and they are your yeah. last resort of whether or not you live or die and right. just watching like what they do and watching them operate the intelligence like i you know like who could who would have fathomed growing up knowing and being introduced and exposed to that type of level of intelligence from the medical field you know what i'm saying so i honor them so much and with that it's nurses and doctors that's tired of trash nurses and doctors and there may be some who have reported them but they don't know where it went you know what i'm saying it's on how far can you go you know what i'm saying it's like you know, it's, it's like you got to say that about every profession. What about the teachers? What about the teachers that's, you know, microaggressions and, and misusing children in certain ways where it's hard for that child to prove it, but it's there. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then you got the teachers and principals who, who don't agree with the other principals or don't agree with, the, you know, it's, it's everywhere. So, no, you yeah. can't generalize police officers. Yeah, I mean, the same thing that they're doing is what we don't like them to do with our race. You exactly. know, all, all Black people are this and that and whatever. You know, no, I've never been arrested. I've never went and robbed a, a convenience store. I've never done this. I've never done that. In fact, I've actually done this. Actually, all of these mm-hmm. people that I know who, I, who just so happen to be Black, they, they've never done those things either, you know? But exactly. do we have some people who have made mistakes? Yes. yes. Are, are we completely on their side? No. And it's, it has nothing to do with race. We don't like criminals, period. You know, we right. don't like that, you know, but um, that people generalize people and that's a societal problem. And that's why I feel that when you talk about politics, you have to have someone who is very, very real down to earth, who sees yeah. a multitude of, of inside of the box, but also outside of the box, but right. is, is able to work with different people, different walks of life, different professions, different cultures, and truly loves dealing with people, you know, and we don't have that right now in Chicago and uh, just across the, 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 the board. I mean, the election the other day, if you guys have seen it, I'm sure, uh-huh. yeah. you know, they're talking about a big red wave and then these people talk about a big uh, a blue wave. I'm tired of all the waves. It's like, put the right... <laughs> people in office it's ridiculous it's like put the objectively reasonable and objective 
objectively morally sound people in in office it's like because it's it's i feel like this to a big degree both sides are extreme in their own whatever wing they swing in whether it's left or right they can be very extreme on each side and that's where it's like when are we going to get that middle person you know what i'm saying that just looks at things from a morally sound way in an objective judgment and say this is what this community needs. This is what, you know what I'm saying? This is what we need to improve as a society, you know? And that's what, and that's, the, those are the things I will hope for too, but it's just like, you see time and time again, it's just, we constantly watching the same war, this big fight and catty war between both sides. And it's like, I'm with you. I'm tired of both of it too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and when you just mentioned extremes, I put something in my Facebook, uh, I believe in the last week. And I just said, honestly, I don't like either of the governor, the governor candidates at all, you know, and I consider myself a Democrat, but I'm, I'm, I'm conservative in my ways, but there's some things where I look at and I'm very liberal in some ways, you know, so um, I don't just pick a Democrat just because I'm a Democrat. I'm going to pick the best person, but at the same time, I'm not going to pick a Republican who is out of control as well. So, right. You know, and I feel that way a lot of times with elections, whether it's the presidential election, you know, we got a, a president walking around who he don't even know what just happened three seconds ago, you know, but <laughs> right, right. You got right. Trump on the other hand is going against them who, who, who crazy, you know, so like, right. what, what do you do, you know? It's, right. Man, it's, it's crazy because right now, this today's society, man, everything is so it's so divided and 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 people just so angry and so hateful hey i'm team trump you know oh i'm team biden and and you know the hell with you and this and like wait a minute this is the united states of america not the divided right. states it's not not red and blue we no matter who's in office you you got to speak to all america all yeah. americans you know if like for the governor you got to speak for all chicago uh, illinois for for uh chicago mayor you got to speak for all yeah. chicagoans uh a big key Cool, Keith. Now, you very, you, hey, hey, you're very critical about uh, 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 uh about man, like, foot man. You know what I'm saying? And I, hey, yeah, I, now, now I was a little afraid for you, brother, because she said she got the biggest nuts in Chicago, and and I want <laughs> and I want and I was a little afraid of her, man. I was like, man, wait a minute, she going around talking about she got the biggest stack, man. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if Cool Keith can, can you know, saying go up with that now, <laughs> but. I, I I appreciate you for for sticking up and saying that saying what you're saying for the troops because we need it here. Not only we need to hear it, America need to hear it. If it's okay, I want to play a clip and then I just you know just want you you know want your take on it. Okay. The 911 dispatcher is sounding the alarm over a severe police staffing shortage. Listen, it's outrageous, and I'm not happy. When you say Chicago. People are afraid that it's like it's a death zone. Several of my officers who texted me, okay, um, and said that they were scared. <laughs> they're tired of this nonsense. They have no backing, and they're scared of being out there by themselves. Joining me now, that dispatcher, Keith A. Thornton Jr. Sir, thank you so much for getting up early with us. What was your breaking point that led you to make that video? Good morning. I, I first want to start off number one by saying that whatever I'm saying here is my opinions and my opinions only. Nothing to do with the city of Chicago or my 
position my title as a dispatcher. I'm speaking as a citizen, uh, an American citizen right here. And what was a breaking point, it's just not what took place that night. It's it's what's taking place every night, every day, every morning, every afternoon while I'm sitting here right now. Uh, it's the crime. It's out of control. And the citizens of Chicago deserve to know that what's being done behind closed doors or what's being told to them, it's all false. Keith, how did it get this bad? You know, um, Chicago has, has kind of been on a decline in terms of, or maybe an increase, whichever way you want to look at it, but the crime has consistently gone up. And I will give uh, the mayor uh, respectfully that point because things have just gone down you know, when um, for previous administrations, but this is by far the absolute worst that it's been, uh, where it is affecting every part of the community within Chicago, every part of, of the town. And I mean, Chicago, I love Chicago. It's the greatest city in the world, you know, but um, respectfully, and this is not pointing fingers at anyone personally, it's just speaking out to the public of, uh, individual that they put into office here in Chicago, uh, do your job. It's not being properly done. You cannot... You cannot do more with less um, when it comes to public safety, you know, and that's for police, fire, or EMS. This is not corporate America where you're acting as an attorney. You're the mayor of the city. You're the superintendent of the police department. You can do your job, speak to the officers out there, speak to the people who are within this area, and let things happen and just get out there and let the police beat the police. You mentioned your mayor, Lori Lightfoot. She is now asking for federal aid. Let's take a listen. I have formally asked the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, to, with all delivered haste, detail ATF agents to Chicago for six months so that we can increase the number of gun investigations and seizures in Chicago. Okay, Keith, putting aside the political question as to why she did not accept federal aid from President Trump when he offered it during his term, would we even be in this position if she hadn't helped gut the Chicago PD in the way that she and so many mayors around the country did last year? Let me tell you something. This has nothing to do with a political party, whether you're a progressive, Democrat, or Republican. I'm an independent guy. I stand for what I believe in. And honestly, and this is on Fox, you know, Donald Trump, I didn't agree with everything that the guy did. You know, I didn't vote for him. But guess what? That was my president, and I respected his position. And the guy wanted to offer us resources and help here in the city of Chicago. There were hundreds and hundreds of less people who were killed. And that was horrible. That was horrible. But because of an egotistical uh, uh, bully, uh, within the city um and that's my opinion once again that's my opinion it's not from my job but that's my opinion and it's actually fact from what i believe but because of that ego and and a continuous thing right here what's going on with our mayor she denied it and so in my opinion in fact the blood is on her hands every child and every uh youth and an adult and elderly person that is shot killed pulled out of their vehicles because of carjackings of ak-47 that is on her hands and it's absolutely shameful um don't be embraced into this sexuality uh, uh politics you are the mayor do your job it has not been done your superintendent of police hasn't been done and now you want to come back and say now you want help now you want help that's garbage Man, cool, Keith, man. Appreciate all that, what you oh, said. Right on, brother. Right oh, on. Right oh, on. Spot on. Uh, again, again, cool, Keith. She got the she got the biggest nuts now. I'm a little afraid. But listen, but listen. Um, now, you, now, we talking about the mayor. We talking about the superintendent, man. In your opinion, what do you think the next mayor, let's say there's a miracle and she made it back. I don't see it happening, but hey, you know, nothing surprised. What can what can this mayor, what can this superintendent, what can the state's attorney, what can the governor, what can they do to kind of 
get a grip on this violence out here? Uh, well, first of all, before anything, you, you got to care about people. Okay. And that's already been established that she does not care. You know, it's just it's just a proven fact. When you have, um, I mean, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> no, I'm not sorry, actually. Um, when you have a female Black who happens to be lesbian as well, and she threw all of those different characteristics and traits about herself to kind of get her into winning the last election. Like, hey, we, you know what? We're going to trust this lady. You know, she's been through this, 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 and this. And we're going to entrust her to lead our city. So I think it's important to bring those things up now because the fact of the matter is you out of everyone should understand what the minority community has gone through forever, okay? Yeah. You should understand, and this is not just about Blacks, it's about Latinos, it's about the Chinese, it's about the Asian communities. There are so many minority groups throughout Chicago. So for you to come and take office, um, and I'm not saying anyone who takes office is going to know everything. I wouldn't know everything, but I'm going to put people in those positions who are over departments that specialize and know that department. I'm going to tell them what I want to happen in my ideas and I expect them to do their jobs and I allow them to do their jobs. But we have here is a, as an egotistical person, like I said, who likes to micromanage and tell you what to do. And that's where we fail, you know? And I say she doesn't care about um, our people because I mean, look at what happened downtown just about all of the last couple of years. Soon as one thing happened, you know, a riot, which was bad, by the way, and I worked a lot of them, but when a riot happens, uh, or 10-1, I mean, we shut the whole entire downtown area, we locked it down, and this went on for uh, several years, I don't know if it's going on now, you guys do, but you guys are detailed down there, bridges go up, no one's allowed in or out, every district, every single police district from, um, from very busy neighborhoods, who are already um, strained and don't have enough resources and officers there are pulled to just the neighborhood of downtown to sit there. Um, you don't care about our people because yeah. you'd be doing the same thing for our neighborhoods because what happened when it's a shooting or a funeral shooting or the 13, 16 people that were just shot? No, we didn't shut that area down. We didn't bring resources over there to sit and do different things. So you can't tell me that she doesn't care about ours. She cares about the money and, 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 and it's unfortunate, you know? So what can be done? Well, nothing. If you do not care about the people, nothing can be done. You know, it's a lot of failed promises and broken promises, but what I would do, well, I, you, you have so many different things that I would do. You know, I would start off number one with the police department and um, as, as a mayor, um, even as an alderman, I think alderman right now, I would scrap all of that shit. I'm sorry. I would say there should be no 50 aldermen. Um, I don't know if you guys were on a job back when it was 25 police districts. Um, I would bring it back to 25 police districts. I think some districts are way too big. I think they need to go back to 25 police districts. And I would make uh, the wards uh, one through 25. First ward okay. is the first district. Second ward is the second district. You as the alderman work directly with that commander, that cap's office, and you guys handle your district, period. That's how it should work. You don't need 50, uh, you know, wards and 50 aldermen. And then they're making 142. I think I just went up a little bit. You take $142,000 and times that by the 25 aldermen that we just left, you're left with over a, a, a couple of million. And you divide that and then you disperse that into the 25 wards now and give that back to the public and build up those communities and make them look good. 
I would also make a youth explorers program. Um, and when I say youth, I literally mean youth. I'm not even talking about teenagers at this point. I'm talking about youngsters from six mm. years old up to like preteen age. Get oh, them involved, good. you know, uh, where they can come to the CAPS office. And CAPS, that whole program needs to be changed. You know, they need to be out there uh, doing all types of different things and, and, and not just here and there doing, you know, uh, passing out toys for an event. You know, it has to be a little bit more done, a lot more actually, but we need a youth explorers program. And then once they hit teenage age, we need a cadet program. You know, they get a little bit more intense. They can go work out, you know, kind of like the CPFTA, Chicago Police and Fire Academy, which I went through, by the way, you know, and then you move into the uh, older people or the young adults have a citizen's police academy. You know, a lot of suburban agencies have these different things and people go to them and they say, whoa, I didn't know, you know, they, they're pointing at the screen and kind of going through the training you guys went through a little bit. And they say, I've never realized that. And they change their perspective and whatnot mm -hmm. of what officers truly go through. Mm -hmm. Right. What you covered earlier, you said we go to a lot of nonsense calls and the music and, you know, the re you know, I just got home out of town for two weeks and my garage has broken into or the dog is barking uh, or the car alarm is going off. That's all bullshit. You know, our officers do not need to be going to those types of calls. <laughs> Dispatchers hate mm -hmm. that. You know, it's this is Chicago. This is yeah. not Skokie. And, and, and respectfully, I love you, Skokie, but this ain't right. Skokie. <laughs> this is not where I work now, you know, right. in the suburbs. This is the city of Chicago. And all of those calls are important. But wh who, who goes to that? Officers should not have to go to that. Accidents, traffic accidents, I'm sorry. If there are no injuries, you, we should not be going to that. You know oh, who man. should be going to that? We should have community service officers. Community service officers. These are officers um, who are not sworn yet. Okay. You get them 21 years of age. They have to be in some sort of, let's just say a city college, right? College, and, and they're working towards any degree. It could be criminal justice program or it could be this, but they have to be in school and they come and they work a full-time or part-time job and they're a CSO, community service officer. So if we need traffic control somewhere at the scene of an auto accident, they can go sit there. If there's a big fire going on and you know one beat car gets there to do the report, uh, we don't have to tie down seven cars to block intersections. The CSOs can go out there and sit there, kind of like the traffic aides. Um, if, 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 if someone needs a, a simple report that doesn't require like a sense of violence or this or that, CSOs can kind of do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that would free up a lot of these hot jobs and priority mm -hmm. one jobs for our office to go out there, you know? Uh, another thing, I would require every alderman to be doing ride-alongs. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, half the day, once every, never, you know. I'm talking mm -hmm. about uh, two to four times a month, you need to be going to your district and doing a full shift ride-along, and you rotate mm -hmm. through every watch. Mm -hmm. To learn I what like these that. officers do, you need to speak to them at their roll calls, you need to hold the officers accountable, and you need to know what's going on in your district, you know. Yeah. But none of that happens. Those would be just a couple of different things that I could toss out at you, you know, but none of that happens, you know, and it's very unfortunate. But once again, you have to care for the people, because when you care for the people before you even get into office or when you get into office, you bring the people together from all of the communities. I would have 77 people in my office representing 77 communities and neighborhoods within Chicago. And mm -hmm. I would sit everyone down. And I would say, what do you guys want? Because, you know, your neighborhoods more. And I guarantee you. There are so many people of every ethnicity within this city that you don't think, oh, that person's not involved and don't like the police. A lot of them love the police. 
they're just afraid. But a lot of them want so, so many great things for their community, but they're afraid and they don't know uh, how to get those resources or how to talk to people because it's not there, you know? So it, it's a lot that you can do, but you really have to care for people. And unfortunately we don't have that right now. So I am praying to God. I've been praying more than ever that we get somebody in office that number one cares about people within Chicago, but cares about the first responders and everything that's going on in Chicago, because I love this city. I know you guys love it and we need to change it. Wow. Guess what? That was just one question. And wow. that's my answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Oh, hey, hey look, 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 I, I'm stuck. I'm like, holy cow. Like, that's awesome. That was awesome. That was a great answer. Like you said, and one question. It seemed like you asked it so many things and you took it out my mouth because some of these calls, I'd be like, why the hell are we even going to this? You know, it's but, funny you, know, funny the, you said The that. reason we, 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 we go to those calls is because imagine if the mayor or the alderman were to hear this conversation right now and say, you know what? Bring Keith in here or bring that officer in here. Let me talk to him. What's going on over there? Hey, let me come and sit down at the dispatch council and, and listen to you guys and, and just teach me just one shift. Or let me go out there and do a ride along and learn like, wait, we're doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are these officers going here? Could we do this? Could we do that? You know, they can't even have the conversation because they're unknowledgeable about it, you know? And they're unknowledgeable about it because they don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> man, you know what, you know what cool Keith, man. So pretty much whoever's in office have to have heart, pretty much. Yeah, that's big boss. And so that's, and why trip, that's why I don't trip when you say she got the biggest one and said I don't trip. If she had it, she'd be doing something. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh man, that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. I guess that. I guess that could work too. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, man. This is good, man. I man. I'm just. I'm just enjoying just sitting back here. I know holiday, Miss Wadi, enjoying all this, man. And we love having you on. Uh, one thing we want you to talk about, since we're talking about uh, what we, what can we change to get a grip on this crime and and we need you know we need a heart we need somebody who actually care about the people now jb prisker he he just won he got reelected. Mm. he signed the safety act it's gonna be it's gonna be into play next year 20 january 1st 2023 now we did a show a couple weeks ago about the safety act we call it the shitty act uh you actually talked about this uh uh, cool, Keith. I just want to play a clip on what you said there, man. And then we want to get your. I'm I'm glad you got these clips, but you talk about <laughs> I talk about. I'm thinking like, wait, we're not talking about this, <laughs> brother. <laughs> hey, man, we, we've been doing our homework, man. We've been doing our homework. <laughs> we, we love you so. We love you to a point because very rare that we have somebody that's 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 standing up for the men and women in blue in law enforcement, and um. All, all we did, if we hear anything, it's always negative. So for have somebody like you to come in and say, hey, no, you know, would you talk about, hey, the, the mayor is, is, is doing this and it's on our hands. You know, officers are overworked. Officers are leaving. Officers are retiring. And for you to say that, and it's, also, and it's getting press, it's getting airs, like, my God, we need to not defund the police, but fund the police. Give them the resources. Give them the help. Give them the people out there. Because... If nobody say anything, nobody would know. 
And then we just keep getting the short end of the stick here and just keep, you know, getting beat on like, like, like you know, mm-hmm. like a, like a old mule or something. Right. And you know what? And you know what? I appreciate that. And before you even play the clip, what you just said right now, you said uh, it, it's very rare for, for a man to kind of step up forward and, and kind of advocate for law enforcement. And could you believe, and I pride myself with this and I'm, I'm not cocky, you know, um, but I'm very, uh, uh, I, I have pride with what I do because I get I get thank yous from a lot of people and it's not just law enforcement. I get thank mm-hmm. yous from firemen who say the same thing. Keith, thank you for standing up for us, firemen. I get paramedics. Keith, thanks for standing up. For, I had a garbage man the other day. I put something on Facebook about the crappy vehicles that they have, you know, the trucks. And he said, Keith, hey, thank you. I was literally driving at a stop sign and, and they pulled up trying to get on me. I'm like, what is this dude doing? And they said, hey, <laughs> thanks for doing that. I don't know, you know, a CTA bus driver saw me. I thanks for what you're doing. And then just different people throughout the city of Chicago who have nothing to do with being city workers, they thank me, you know, and I appreciate that. And that's what keeps me going, you know, because it just shows that what I, what I just said, you can't just be one-sided. And I think you brought this up, Jasmine, earlier about the extremes. You know, you can't be one-sided loving this or hating this, you know. You, you, right. you, when I say you have to be in the middle and you have to love people, you've got to look at every single category of people, workers, non-workers, and anyone within society, you know, to make things better. You know, so I have I have hope and I have faith and um, I'm just very, very honored, you know, just here to thank you. And I know you guys love hearing thank yous, too, because it doesn't come around too often, you know, for for people who are servants, you know. So thank you guys um, for thanking me and and, and vice versa. (laughs) Uh, Appreciate you, man. We appreciate you a lot. Like we really do. Thanks. So so what's up with this clip, man? Man, let me let me check. Let me let me get you with this clip. Let me let's play this clip and then we'll we'll talk about this safety act, man. I want to get you, we want to get your opinion about this. Starting in January of next year, a cash bail in Illinois is going to be eliminated, not just on the small crimes, on felonies like second degree murder and kidnapping. If you're accused of that, you get processed and then you're immediately back out on the streets. When that happens in January, what is Chicago going to look like as a result? It's going to look like you just entered Dante's Inferno, just like it already does. I mean, looking at Detroit, and I'm currently here in St. Louis. I took a ride up here yesterday morning after I learned about the shooting that take place here with my fiance, and we went out to give support to some of the parents standing outside of the school. But you look at these liberalized cities, and how is it going to look when the Safety Act, they call it the Safety Act? It's ridiculous. Come January, all hell's going to break loose. And it's not just Chicago, it's Chicago land. You have people with no cash bond. It's going to be let right back out into our communities, and they are going to do more and more destruction. You have officers who are getting written up and suspended for chasing after stolen vehicles, carjacking suspects, attempted homicide suspects. They're getting written up. So officers are tired of this at this point right now, and this is not even up until next year. So it's going to be very interesting, which is once again why I'm saying we need someone who's going to take the reins and be very, very aggressive in the crime strategies here within the city of Chicago and stop the nonsense. All right, cool, Keith. <laughs> All right, cool, Keith. Man, let's get it. Hey, man, look, what's your take on this? First of all, man, what is... All right, the safety act, man. The safety act. What, why is the question. That's my question to you. Why? Why do we need a safety act? <laughs> uh, well, that's just a word, you know, every everything. First of all, 
this is uh, um, a bill that was well over 700. It's almost 800 pages. Yeah, 800 of pages. A bill. Yeah. And within a matter of just a few hours overnight, um, every last person, uh, state reps, and all of them approved, signed it, and everything. They moved it forward. Just a matter of hours. By the time you woke up, or uh, Jasmine, when you was done with your first watch shift, it was already signed and put out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how you can tell it's a bunch of BS because, you know, when all these other things that we really want to happen uh, go and you want to get approved, um, it's it could take weeks, months, um, or years, or never happen. But this one went straight through. You know, you talk about the politics and the, and the backdoor deals that people do when they're, you know, in these positions. The Safety Act is everything that's opposite of safety. You know, it's not exactly. safe. I don't exactly. have to go into depth about this, you know. Right. I mean, right. uh, look at Chicago right now. It's it's completely unsafe. It's off the chain. So you mean to tell me, and I, yesterday I was at um, I was at a Q&A session yesterday with the mayoral candidates. Um, my auntie, Lori, she didn't want to come. She denied the request. <laughs> <laughs> auntie, she didn't want to come, huh? Uh, boo. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't want to come. I was very sad. You know, the people were really sad, but she didn't want to show up to it. You know, but this was a place called Temple uh, Shalom, and it's on the 3400 hmm. block of North Lakeshore Drive. So this is a very ethnic-centric area um, where everyone, older people, younger people came. There's over 200 people that were there. I think 400 people. It was a lot of people that came, and, 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 and this place was almost filled up. But we had about nine candidates there. Um, some of the big names, Paul Vallis, um, uh, mm-hmm. Ray Lopez. Um, mm-hmm. And then you look down the line, and you have, um, who's this guy? I have, I have him pulled up right now. I believe he's a state rep now, Cam Buckner. Cam uh, Buckner, okay. He stood up and, or excuse me, he sat down. He didn't stand up. He sat down and, and, and he prided himself with being um, a very active uh, state rep who passed um, this safety act. I mean, the guy mm. was talking, he was so happy about it. And he said, it's going to do so much because, um, blacks and this are locked up and overlocked up to anyone and they're going to let us out and they're going to be so great uh, of citizens when they come out and this and this and all of this bullshit. I wanted to get up and do something that was uh, safety act uh, standard, you know. Uh, so if I would have went up there and did something, you know, at least I wouldn't have been arrested, you know. But it, it, I, I just couldn't listen to it. And It's just, it it bewilders my head, you know, to think that people literally think that this is the answer and it's not, you know, as a a dispatcher and and now even as a supervisor, you guys are doing traffic stops and we're running people. Like several months ago, I ran someone who was, he came back, you know, hot for homicide. This Mm, guy's still mm -hmm. driving, still driving. And then the, the worst situation, he, there's no jurisdiction where, where you know, uh, you can't even take the guy because it's out of the boundaries. It, it, it really frustrates my head to think that we live in a society like this. So come January, you know what I say? I'm not going to stress out about it. And I, and I really hope officers don't stress out about it. You know, yeah. when you love to help people and serve people and protect people, as I said mm-hmm. earlier, when you're at this level, there's only so much you can do. So we True. have to learn. We have to learn. You know, the reason you care about this so much because you just have a big heart and you want to go out there and just, and just you know, help the world and just save the world. 
But we have to take a step back in our lives and say, you know what? This is what they voted for. So God damn it, let's let them have it. I'm still going to go to my calls. I'm still going to do this. But this yeah. is what the people voted for. So maybe they need to um, have a little bit of taste of their liking, you know, and maybe this will bring a little bit more respect to why we need officers out there and why we don't need this and why we need backing that's uh, not pro-criminal and, and, and anti-police and law enforcement and every other thing that is good for our community. Let's allow them to see that mm -hmm. this is what they voted for and that's that. So I don't talk too much about the safety act. I just say it's about to happen. Uh, make, make sure my family's protected and whatnot. I'm still going to go out there and do the same thing I've been doing. You know, it's it's dangerous right outside of my door, you know, and it's still going to be that way, but just a little bit more, you know. So let these people who are voting this nonsense in, and, and I'm not just talking about the citizens, you know, I'm talking about the state reps and the senates and all this BS, the, 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 the governor, let their asses mm -hmm. feel the heat. That's it. Yep. I feel the same way, Keith. Like, I feel the same way. It's, it's and it's like, you know, and again, like you said, not to dive too much about it because we talked about it, but it's just like for all these people who's anti-police and all anti-law and order who kept saying, guys, here's the TikTok video I found. You know, this is just a, a right-wing narrative. It's not going to be a purge law. They're just mad because it's going to help get rid of the racism and people who are being charged with petty crimes are going to get off. And I always ask the question, can someone tell me? Because I, I missed it. I missed it when the memo was made. When has second degree murder become petty? Because if that's petty, mm -hmm. tell me mm -hmm. what y'all consider extreme. Yeah. Tell me if aggravated kidnapping, criminal sexual Great. assault, tell me if that's petty, mm -hmm. what do y'all consider extreme? I just want to know. I want to know so bad. Because I think Body missed it. I think we all missed it. We were sweet or something. We in this book, as they say. Because second degree murder is never petty. That's not a right wing agenda. I believe that's on paper in a 700 page bill. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the facts are there. But as you stated, Keith, unfortunately, and I still pray for people, I pray that God opens people's eyes. You know, but people are going to have to get the taste of what they voted for. Just like in a still are so prideful and egotistical, they don't even want to admit, just like they got a taste of what they asked for since 2020 till now. What were they saying? Abolish police, defund the police. Okay. Y'all know kind of sort of abolish police is really happening because even though they didn't send out this mass message like, okay, we officially don't have police anymore. Your officers are leaving. That's why there's yeah. a city shortage. And these same people that say, yeah, abolish police. We don't need police are getting upset saying, oh my gosh, why are police responding so late? Oh, see, this is why we don't need police because they're responding late. Do you know you saying the, two, the most two conflicting things out of your mouth at once? We don't need police, but they are responding late. Responding to what? We, you don't, you, your stance is we're not needed. Right. But then now you just put your foot in your mouth because now you realize you, now you're faced with the fact that you lied to yourself. Right. You know, you need police because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you are upset when it happens to you or your neighbor 
you are not going to their house to stop a gunman at their house. Right. Keep all the garbage of you saying we need social workers instead. I studied clinical professional counseling. You know what I'm saying? I went to school and, and still continue school for that. I'm not against that. I'm not against what social workers do. But you're talking about that as a solution to an aftermath. Oh, they need counseling. But what do they need in the moment to be away from the communities that they're harming? A social worker will, sorry to sound extreme, they will die on scene trying to talk mm -hmm. to somebody with an AR in their hand who it just is. shot 15 people. Mm -hmm. A yeah. social worker cannot do it no better than the police. No, no, no it's not. You no. mean to tell me, oh, they just need a good talking to. I think the person who begged them not to do this tried talking to them. <laughs> like it's no and that was the that was that was you know and i feel like that perpetuates the very crime that keeps rising and and people are not understanding what your egoism and what your pride and what your stubbornness you fail to realize that you're getting a taste of your first dose of medicine when you said you don't eat police because now you realize mm -hmm. you see how it feels to not have police or have fewer police. Nobody ever would have thought in a million years, as long as policing has been around, ain't nobody never had no shortage like this all around the country. Chicago no. is ex experiencing it extremely, but this is happening a country nationwide. And this has never been the case in the history of policing. But this is what happens when people act like they know what they're talking about and they want to play this little political game. They want to act all anti-police and believe, honestly, I'm going to just throw this out there, believe anything that the, that the media presents to them. Hey, y'all, hate our police. Okay, okay, okay. Then when you left to still go back to your homes after living, out, li li living behind a computer, you realize that gum is still coming at your door too. So you got a taste of that medicine. And like you said, Keith, they're going to have to get a taste of this medicine too. It's a right-wing mm. agenda when it's all in writing on paper and it's been signed and approved in 2021. Mm. Okay. Y'all going to see. Y'all keep... You, very, very true. Everything you said is accurate. You brought up a, a point about mental health and um, social workers. And I'm not the biggest fan of social workers neither. We have some program here in the city of Chicago. You guys have probably heard of it. The CARE program. Um, that they're toying around with for the last you know year or so um it's a bunch, it's a bunch of bullshit it's a bunch of it mm. and I, i'm sorry okay. it's, you know i've saw the implementation of this they they come up to the 911 center in the very beginning stages of it and they monitor the calls and and one unit they put um up in the 19th district which is the northeast side of chicago uh representing like um parts of lincoln park and and boys town and places like that um, it's uh, statistically not the busiest of, of violent districts. And then they put another unit down on the south side, I believe in the sixth district. Um, don't quote me, I believe that's the one. But long story short, um, this unit is basically a, a van and it's one police officer that's driving. Um, there's um, one paramedic aboard um, oh. or two or, or two paramedics, I should say. Um, and there's a, a clinical psychologist or, yeah, or, or yeah. right or yeah. a social worker okay yeah. and um, they have all these beautiful things in the guidelines that we have to know um, some of the officers obviously they have to know as well of you oh, you can call and by the way they were operating of uh, the hours I believe eight o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning to like 4 p.m that was it Monday through Friday 
um, not the real shifts, not not the not the not the afternoon shift, and and not not the night shift when when all yep. the shit really goes down. They're gonna yep. be here this Monday through Friday because that's the only time we have mental problems. But let's just go back on this, and, and only they could go into that one district up north where you know not too much happens. Don't say nothing happens, but nothing's going on up there compared to what's going on on the west and, and south sides mental wise. You know, so let's just stay with this real quick. Um, because I was talking about how the mayor cares about us, right? And this is called the CARE program. Um, and the funny thing is these units, you can't request them or they can't go to certain calls if there's any sort of violence that's either mentioned. They can't right. go to any sort of violence that is, is physical. If, if a lady says, God damn it, now I want fuck y'all. If, if they say something like that, <laughs> they're, not, they're not going. So right. my question is, what they going to? Exactly. You know? And so let me reverse this. When I was LAPD, they had a wonderful program out there. And it wasn't mental, um, but it's the same respect. So what they had, and we, we, we did a pilot program, is they had two police officers. First of all, if something happened with this care unit, why you only got one officer in, in the thing? Like, it don't even make sense. That don't even make sense there. But in LA, they had two police officers. They drove an unmarked car. They were dressed in soft colored clothing with a vest underneath, meaning like a polo shirt. They didn't identify as officers. They did have their badge on their hip and, and their gun if necessary. They had a clinical um, individual within the vehicle with them and, uh, and a counselor, okay? So anytime we receive a domestic call in our district, they they'll assign a beat car or they will take the call and these people were very proactive they'll take it because first of all you have two officers in that vehicle so they're going to go and investigate and do what they have to do and if there's something where there's uh, no imminent threat to the other person or the other party they would allow the psychologist to step in or the counselor to step in and then they would do their work and they would treat them and help them with domestic you know violence programs or whatever else and that was it if they could leave they could leave if there was any form of domestic battery that took place, then they would arrest them. They call a transport unit like us. We go over there, arrest them, and then this particular unit would drive back to the station and process them. You know, so they had these throughout the city of, of Los Angeles, and it was beneficial. But it was beneficial because it wasn't just social workers. Like I want to say, oh, social workers need to be going to that. No, police is still a very important element that needs to be going to this. Because if you do research and you go online and you look at some of these very, very, very liberal states, you know, extremely liberal states who did implement some laws and just sent some counselors and, and social workers to some of these calls. One lady, she got, you know, I hate to say this because this is just how I talk, but she got an ass whooped and by a 15-year-old girl. Okay. She almost died, you know. <laughs> and so um, I say let them experience the safety act and you guys just continue doing your job you know it's like if if, if i had it my way i would say blue flu all you gotta do blue <laughs> is all you gotta do for a good four hours you ain't gotta do a whole shift just go in for four hours and just you sit if, if, if imagine if that happened starting from 6 p.m 1800 hours to 2200 hours if you don't like police Let's take a step back. Or dispatchers. Since y'all don't like dispatchers, okay, no problem. Let's clear a couple of these zones and, and, and we out of here. You know, mm -hmm. you got so many problems with firemen and this, it only takes a few hours. And 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 people would learn really quick of, of why we're so important, you know. And 
um, your hands are tied where we can't do things like that. Officially, we can't. Um, and you can't really speak out the way that I speak out. And, you know, I put everything on the line. You know, I understood I could lose my job over this. I could have threats coming from the mayor. I actually did have threats coming from the mayor. That's what pushed me over the edge and say, you know what? I'm about to really go against you, you know? Mm, um, okay. Because I don't accept bullying, you know? I don't accept bullying, and that's just that. But we are so afraid. They put all of these harnesses and handcuffs on you from you not being able to uh, practice your speech uh, like our amendments allow us to do. And I just say, you know what? No, I'm going to be that voice for people because it's wrong. And, 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 and I'm, I'm very fortunate to have done that and continue to do that because everyone needs someone, you know, and if I can be that for some people, then I can. And I'm glad you guys are doing that as well. But like that safety act, a bunch of nonsense. It's all of that. Man, you know, we agree with you. And you're absolutely right. Um, we need a voice. But you know what, Keith? Cool, Keith, you, you, you got the name. It was very, very bitter and very, very sweet. The bad part about it is, he was, we was working at night when when Ella French was was killed and her her, her partner, Officer Yannis, was was very was ruined. Um, I have one. We have one more clip. He was the calm voice on one of CPD's darkest days. The night Officer Ella French was murdered, her partner wounded. OEMC dispatcher Keith Thornton was applauded for his decisive action over the radio that night. In his first TV interview, he tells CBS2 investigator Megan Hickey, that night changed everything. All right, 1,600 hours from the clock, 7th of August, 2021, KBA, 66, radio, 7-8, good afternoon, you better watch the group. We're like, man, it's time to go out to eat afterward, just relax, you know? Um, that didn't happen. I, I, I heard someone out there running. I got an officer down, 10-1, in Bell, officer down, officer down, shot fired at the police, officer down. 10-1. Officer needs help. My heart's pumping, my eyes are dilated, I'm pacing the floor, and I just have to do whatever I could behind those screens. Okay, listen to me. Take that damn vest off right now and start compression, start breathing, whatever we got to do, start it now. Listen, that's dispatcher Keith Thornton. And this was his worst day on the job. Officer Ella French and Officer Carlos Yanez were his 10 ones. Both had been shot in the face. Hey, Jennifer, I'm at USC Hospital. Have those doors open for me. Have them open, guys. Have them ready. Not a hint of hesitation. We got them coming, baby. We got them coming. Stay off the air. Just very sad here. <laughs> Even with these guys in custody, it's just very sad because you can't. But when away. Keith and I arrived at that corner, 63rd and Bell, it was his first time there. And for a man who talks for a living, what's going through your head? It's just no words. I'm a man of words, and I have no words. This is. It's just very breathtaking in a, in a not-so-good way. She was great. She did wonderful things for the community. And we're going to keep that going for her. He's forever changed by the woman he never had the honor to meet. The one who managed to get this unflappable cold taker choked up over the radio. Shot in the head between the eyes. Both officers are responsive in a hospital. You'll see. Keep the air clear. I was crying in the middle of it. My partner was crying. But we as dispatchers have a job to do just like everyone else. 
Keith did everything he could to help Officer French, and people hurried. His deep passion to help people was born here, on the west side of Chicago, Austin to be exact. My daycare was right down the block, and once we get off the CTA bus, we walk right past this fire station, and that, that's, that's where it all started. I knew as a little child that they were the guys that help people, you know, and that's what I wanted to be a part of. You wanted to be one of the people that helps people. Um, I wrote letters and letters and letters. Well, we received a letter in the mail at the firehouse, and I opened it up, and it was this very well-written letter talking about how he loved the job that we did. He really wanted to know about the fire department. Firefighter Lenny Spazzato. He called my parents and he made it happen where I came over for one day. But that one day turned into just a lifetime. And the rest is history? And the rest is history, yeah. I eventually started going to calls with them, you know, whether it be medical calls, fires. He made such an impression that 21 years later, now retired firefighter Lenny Spazzato recognized the voice over the radio that awful night. When I heard the dispatch call, me and my brother were talking about it, and I said, that sounds like Keith. And it ended up being Keith, you know, just doing the job that he knew he was supposed to do. Are you proud of him? I am. I am very much so. His seventh grade teacher recognized that voice, too. Tears. I had tears. You had tears <laughs> listening to, yeah. to his yeah. dispatch call. Yeah. Both because it was sad and just I was so proud of him for holding it all together and just doing an amazing job. His poise wasn't happenstance. Keith went from volunteer firefighter and EMT to officer with the Los Angeles Police Department. He knew exactly what he was doing that night on the radio because he'd been in those shoes before. I heard one said they were going to go to Holy Cross Hospital. And once again, learning from these guys for many years of experience, I know the hospitals throughout the city. I know a lot, you know, medical-wise. And I said, don't go to Holy Cross. Listen to me. Officers going to Holy Cross. It's not a trauma center. We got to get them to a trauma center, guys. Take them to USC. They're a trauma center. And you're scared for your life. Everyone thinks police officers, these big, bad people, were not. They're not. But as a dispatcher, Keith never got a breather. And I had to come right back the next day, talk on the air all over again, and do it again. And guess what happened? Another 10-1 came out. <laughs> Another 10-1. I had four 10-1s after that. They answer the phone and they don't know what's going to be on the other end. They prepare other first responders to know what they're walking into. And Jen McGowan Tomke with the National Alliance on Mental Illness Chicago tells me right now 911 professionals are classified in the same category with secretaries and office clerks. Classifying them as a protective service occupation would mean more mental health services. And we need to start supporting the people who we don't see, but they're getting you help when you need it. Now Keith is campaigning to change that. He says he's also making it his goal to mend the strife that has led to the epidemic of violence in Chicago. In Ella's name. Keith, you can hear us all right? I can. Good morning to both of you. Oh, you and he's got an important backer, one that knew Ella better than anyone else. Hearing the call as a whole, it made it like, it made it real. Ella's brother, Andrew French. You couldn't have done a better job, Keith. You really couldn't have. I'm, I'm so proud of you, my dude. I'm so proud of you. He's picking up right where Ella left off, and I, I have to stand behind it. I, 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 I just don't know how not to. Just like I, I'm your brother, man, you know, that's my, my Virgo sister, and I'm going to do everything that I have to do um, that, fam that family does. <laughs>
new family forged through a tragedy that shook Chicago. If I could talk to Ella right now, I would tell her, don't you worry, continue looking over us. The same way we entrusted you, the same way we need you to entrust us that we're gonna be down here doing the right thing. Keith's bosses here at OEMC tell me they're incredibly proud of the actions taken by the 911 call takers and dispatchers as the scene unfolded, and they're planning to soon honor them for their professionalism and devotion. On that night, we will, of course, be here. On the near west side, Megan Hickey, CBS2 Investigators. Well, brother, I can tell you, man. Uh, man, that's, that's what's up. Man. That's what's up. You, uh, I, I remember that night I was off but everybody and their mama was calling me to see if it, if that was me. Uh-huh. And I didn't have my phone on me and I missed like so many calls, so many texts, but mm-hmm. man, I, I, I brother when that night, man, uh you kept everything cool. You kept talking, you was giving instructions to the officers. And what you, and what you said speak volumes. A lot of people think that we're cyborgs we're robots or you know we can handle anything mm-hmm. well we, i mean we have to because of the profession but you know what we're still human beings and sometimes you know human beings get scared and get rattled and kind of flushed it and, and don't know don't have it all together and what you did you was like the the, the, the angel in the sky man that, that 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 person in the corner saying hey all right this is what we're gonna do you took that you took the leads and you and you kept talking to the officers. You kept telling them everything's going to be okay. We Instead of going to Holy Cross, you, you definitely don't want to go there. You, instead of going to Holy Cross, go to UOC. Uh, man, just just that night, just that night, uh, Keith, man, just, just how, I think everybody want to know, man, how did, how was you able to stay, stay, you know, so calm and so, so cool? Well, you know, a lot of people say you were cool and calm and collected. And, um, you know, I didn't think I was any of those things, to be honest. You know, I I was up there crying. I was crying the entire time, especially when they said the officers, you know, I've had a lot of 10 calls where officers were shot, you know, and I get amped up. You know, you guys have heard me. I've dispatched you guys plenty of times. And I just run my shift a different way. You know, when I when I get on that radio, you know, I have fun with it. You know, I always try to be lively and um, inspirational in some ways. Before I log out, I always say something to the officers and say, have a great night, enjoy the family, do this, do that. I appreciate you guys. And so the, the way I ran my shift was the way um, I would have liked my dispatcher to run when I was out there because I understood the things uh, that you guys go through, you know, um, just going call to call to call to call to call. You know, it's hard. And so I was going into dispatch. I always wanted to uh, be a good dispatcher to kind of uh, act like that basketball coach. You know, uh, you guys are out there playing, you know, quarter to quarter to quarter. You're not stopping. You know, um, I want to be that coach, you know, so I never want to be, you know, extreme this. Some dispatchers are, you know, they do this, do this, do this, you know, and they don't care. And then some are just really lax and, and let you guys run all over them, you know, which I don't allow either. But when that night came, um, I wasn't calm, you know, I'm, a lot of people feel that I was, but I didn't feel that I was at all. I mean, I had so many different emotions flowing um, because I, it, it's hard, man. I, 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 you know, maybe it's easy for some people who are in the role that I was in, you know, who uh, this is just a job, you know, and that's that. Um, but for me, I take it very personable, you know, um, 
it's very dear and, and near and dear to me, you know? So when, when that happened, everything goes out the window for me, you know? Everything goes out the window. I don't care about uh, policies. I don't care about procedures. I don't care about uh, SOPs at the time, as long as you didn't kill nobody. But the way I see it is they just killed one of ours. So yeah. all that shit go out the window, you know? It's like, for me, it's like military, you know? You, it, it's crazy, you know? You got to do whatever you can um, to assess and treat that situation. You got to do it. I didn't have time to wait for calling a sergeant like most dispatchers would have done because that's how they right. train. I didn't have time for a lieutenant coming out as a watch manager and, and him responding. I didn't have time for PH1, PH2 lazy asses to refuel up and come from midway. Um, mm-hmm. I ain't got time for none of that, period. I just didn't, you know, and I just did what. Um, I would have wanted it done for myself when I was out there. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, I was out there at one point, you know, I've had my own 10 ones, you know, LAPD trapped in a whole house with me and my partner again. And um, I didn't know where I was at. I, I, everything blanked out of my head. I didn't know where I was at. I was in someone's house at the back of a house. And we, all we knew was what street we were on, uh, what intersection. And we, we said the house is yellow. You know, and the only mm. thing that I remember of that moment, I was scared like you wouldn't believe it, okay? And we heard a shotgun on the other side of our room because we were barricaded in the in back room of the complex. There was only one way out. It was no windows or anything. And all, my partner heard a shotgun on the other side. So we about to die. That's how we thought, you know? And the only thing that we um, really felt, I swear it felt like God, was us talking to the dispatcher, me whispering into the radio, speaking to the dispatcher saying, it's a yellow house. And she was able to tell the helicopter, it's a yellow house. And next thing you know, I mean, it, it, it sounded like the roar of, of God coming over when you heard those propellers of that mm. helicopter. And he's like, okay, guys, we got the house. Here's the address. Let's get this unit here, this unit here, this unit here. And let's do this. You do this, you do that. That helicopter pilot controlled everything. Got officers into that house and saved our lives. And they pulled 17 people out of that house. Weapons of the drug house. And mm. I always remember that moment. It was the scariest moment of my life. But yeah. I always remembered that um, dispatcher. I remember the pilot. And I said, man, if that ever happens, God forbid that ever happens, and it's someone on the other side of that radio, and I'm the dispatcher, I'm going to be like that pilot was. I'm going oh, to control man. that situation, and I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can. I don't care what anyone says. You know, and they tried to write me up. Um, the news report said that um, they were trying to do, the, uh, my OEMC was going to do um, a nice award ceremony. Uh, let's not get it twisted. They, they, they're a bunch of liars. OMC didn't like any of the situation. Um, in fact, uh, myself, my partner, and, and let me just throw this out here. Both of us have law enforcement, but both of us are black, you know, and I'm just gonna throw that out there because it's just reality. If these mm. were two other white dispatchers, it's no problem. They would have ceremonies and everything, uh, pipes and drums and all types of nonsense. But the only people who were uh, happy and proud of us were people who were outside of OEMC. It was people from uh, throughout the country. It was the Chicago Police Department and, and the Chicago Fire Department. You know why those people were happy with what we did? Because you guys are the damn people that's out in the field and you guys are the people that get it. You get it, you know. Uh-huh. We had deputy chiefs, even uh, Brown. Even Brown gave me a, a phone call and he said, thank you. And I appreciate that. I don't see eye to eye with, with what Brown's doing. 
but I still appreciated that because at that time we're brothers and it's a brotherhood, we're sisters, right. we're sisterhood. But dispatchers, not all of them, but most of them, and the people running these departments, they don't get it because they're simply civilians. And it's not to take anything away from that, but a lot of them don't get it. They don't understand that this is more than a job. And, and sometimes, you know, this job is not black and it's not white. It's a whole lot of gray area. And in mm -hmm. that gray area, you've got to have knowledge, you've got to have experience, and you've got to have big balls, as our mayor said she has, and you've got to do <laughs> what you have to do to take care of that situation. And I mean, it was so much hate going on at where I was at, man. Oh, MC, I mean, dispatchers. Are you serious? Yeah, man. It was a wow. lot going on from dispatchers not liking me anymore. And uh, there's been so many 10 months throughout before you, way before you got here. And and um, everyone's performed just like that. You did nothing special. And you know what? Mm. I, I kept on going and doing my thing, you know, because I don't care about people like that. I stay right. focused on where God wants me to go. I stay on mm -hmm. my path and, and, and doors have opened. Many, many doors have opened and, and, and the media has opened the doors for me to go and say what I want. They asked me, Keith, what do you want to talk about? Okay. And, and let's go back to Fox earlier. Fox is a big Republican station. And I'm not talking yes. about Fox 32 Chicago. I'm right, no. Fox News America, okay? And mm -hmm. this is a big, You earlier you played a clip and they say, oh, what do you think about Donald Trump and this and that? And I told them, let me tell you something. Let me get something straight with you, okay? I'm Democrat and I'm, I'm, I'm independent of my ways, but I did not support Donald Trump. I didn't like the guy, but he offered us help. And if that's mm -hmm. the president, I respect him and I'm going to get the damn help. So look, look at that. Just look, you know, this is a whole black man. This is a whole Democratic man, a whole independent guy who's not Republican. But you have a Republican newspaper calling me and wanting me to speak on their platform. That is respect. It's yeah. respect. Yeah. It's same respect that. I'm saying we need in our office. I appreciate Fox because it means a lot that we don't see necessarily eye to eye and they've given me the platform to speak, even though they know I'm different in some of my views, but some of them I'm alike with them. And that's what we need in office. Someone who's not afraid to bring someone to the table who's not similar to them to say, hey, let's hear what you have to say. And hey, let's try this. We don't have that, you know, right. so. What I did with Ella French that night, and, I, and God rest her soul, I, I, I know her, her mom and her brother and, and so many people have come into my life, you know, um, Carlos Ganez and his entire family, you know, they're, they're scoring with him. And I won't even take this into what they're doing with Carlos right now, but the city is messing with him right now. Oh, my God. Really, really, really bad of a situation. So, you know, for me, some, man, they said this in church, you know, um, two weeks ago, and I forget the quote he says, but you just... Keep your voice. God gave you a voice and you use it, you know, and that's exactly yes. what I intend to do, you know, and I was the voice on the radio that night and 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 I, I feel bad every time I, I hear that or, or think about what happened that night. I feel bad. It's like a sense of some sort of guilt as well, you know, but I, I, I talk to Ella, uh, you know, spiritually, I speak to her and the one thing I will not do is stop fighting for her brothers and her sisters out there. And that's what I got out of that entire moment. You know, um, I'm glad and I'm, I'm, I'm honored that people who are out there 
um, perceived me as being calm and, and collected because that's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted my officers out there. You you lose it real quick, dude. You're looking at oh, yeah. your your your, mm-hmm. your sister and your brother down, uh, dead. You're looking at it. You're doing CPR or trying this. Blood's everywhere. People don't get that. You know, you're no longer a police officer. You are a regular person before any of that. You know, yeah. and right. it affects you mentally. You know, and I understand that. I understand it because I've gone through it, and 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 that's just the reality of human nature. And so I wanted to be that voice for people out there. That's like that coach to say, "Hey." Get back in the game. We got something to do here. You guys are doing a good job, but we got to keep it going, you know? And so um, even though I was, man, they tried they tried to write me up on seven different things that work and say, you're not wow. supposed to do this, 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 this. Shut yeah. up, dude. Um, that is crazy. All that stuff you heard on the news media. See, I couldn't speak out on that when I was hired there. I couldn't speak on the policies or anything that's right, directly right. related there. You can't speak out on that and see that's yeah. how they get you because then uh-huh. they hire you. So mm-hmm. I could... I was very vocal in ways, but it was on my off time, my off duty, but you can never talk about their policies or what's actually going on there because that's how they get you, you know, but they didn't like any bit of it. And they didn't like it because it was a black man that did a great job, a partner who was a black female that did a great job. And it wasn't one of theirs, period, point blank. Wow. Tell you, I'm Mm. sorry. Mm. Mm. First of all, you are impeccable. You are incredible, mm-hmm. just in general. But I don't have to be there on your job to take what you're saying as fact. That's fact what you're saying. That's facts what you're saying. They did not like, because I'm, I'm just being honest. If I could be honest about the criminality in the street, I could be honest about, you know what I'm saying, other things that we talk about. I am not one-sided just because I'm the, I'm the police. That's facts that they did not like the fact that it was a black person who did something well. Because what oftentimes, and I'm not saying like I know all your experiences, what we experience in general, those same people before that night, before you did an impeccable job, were probably at least some of them any other given day. How you doing, Keith? Great job. You're awesome, Keith. You're awesome until your awesomeness is, is recognized. Without you having to like brag upon it, people see it. People see you walking your walk. And when you walk your walk consistently, it pays off. People will probably most likely give you so many compliments here and there and won't be feel threatened by you until your awesomeness shows. And they didn't want it because they didn't like how you look. That is fact. And I'll prove it. The, the news wanted to come and film my partner and I. They just wanted to get like a little bit of us typing and dispatching to put it in, in mm-hmm. one of the clips. And they said, no, we, we don't allow that at OMC. The very next week, the very next week on the fire department side, which are, are, are mainly white, you know, uh, Irish, Italian, uh, mm-hmm. whom I love dearly. Okay. Well, they, they did something great. They saved a life, you know, they CPR, whatever happened, they did a great job. Tell me why the media was up there. A whole press conference, they were on the operations floor recording them and everything of that nature. And they got an award and everything the very next week. Wow. Plaques and everything, plaques and everything. What? You know, so Damn. you cannot tell me, you know, uh, when you talk about the police department, I go back to what I was speaking about earlier. Everyone thinks 
that, oh man, all these officers are bad. No, most officers do not like bad officers. Actually, most of these officers, dispatchers, firemen, we don't like the policies at all. We look at the sense that, man, why are we going to this nonsense? Why are we doing this, you know? But it's it's things that need to be changed and none of it's gonna be changed if we don't change the person that's, uh, you know, overseeing everything who yeah. is going to allow the change to happen, you know? So Jasmine, you make great points. I mean, I think this conversation is going on for hours and hours and hours, but it's just, it's just wild and crazy. You it know? really but, can. Cause you, you opened know? up a can of worms that I don't mind being open because you're one of the first people that has openly admitted what me and even other black officers yeah. see. It's well, like, Hey, how you doing? Yes. All lives matter until the person that's supposed mm. to be included in All Lives Matter gets recognized like any other person that's included in All Lives Matter. Yeah. But we see some, we see a problem here. Yeah. It's, it's almost like All Lives Matter, but not like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. They, they ain't really mean it like that. And it's unfortunate because we found out they ain't mean it like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the reality of it. It's not no race baiting. Can't nobody sit up here and say it's race baiting because I, anybody who knows me, my voice stays the same. Any citizens, family members who know me, my voice stays the same. Officers who know me, my voice stays the same. I'm not doing no one-sided nothing. I don't do race-baited things. I don't call things racist when it ain't racism. If racism ain't existed in this particular moment, I'm not looking for it because I'm not a victim. But when something racist is evident, it's evident. I don't care whose toes the steps on because they comfortable with it because it don't affect them. They don't care. They want their way. It's an ego issue. You're threatened by black people. That is a known fact that still exists today in different mm. organizations, uh, employing places of employment, departments. That is a fact. So that's why I can say, I don't care what nobody else says when they hear this. I know for a fact that Keith is telling the truth when he says that. Because yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I've seen that. I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen even in out of eye employment. I don't care. Yeah. I've seen that. Where yeah. not like from the higher ups, but just you know, some people you get those two people, they'll give you the eye. Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. and you're absolutely right, you know, and it, it happens with, with people who don't look like us. But let me be perfectly clear while we're on here. It happens just as much with our own people who do not even want to show love for their own people as well. We we are some of the worst enemies of ourselves as well. So let me piggyback that, you know, at OEMC and CPD and CFD, some of the black people um, are just as fucked up as some of the whites, the Latinos (laughs) and everybody else. It just is what it is, you know, and that's the problem with our race period. We don't know how to back people. And that's why the biggest um, um, thrill, you know, I've talked to a lot of people I, I go around the country, I teach workshops, um, I do training seminars, I'm, I'm on TV uh, doing interviews, and this, you know, a small little podcast, City of Chicago, um, by you guys, is very important for me to be here, and that's why I'm happy to be here. Oh, man. You guys are me, I'm you, you know, and, and this is cool, you know, it's cool, but they, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's people that hate you guys just because you're doing this, that's just, you know, yeah. it's crazy, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. Like I said, man, you you gotta put your blinders on, and and you gotta be cool. You just gotta keep on moving, um, just keep on moving and whatnot in the direction that God has you, and keep on doing what you guys are doing in whatever capacity it is. Appreciate oh, you, man. Appreciate you there, cool Keith, man. Man, uh, dude, this has been 
one hell of an episode right here. I mean, <laughs> man, we 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 talk, we listen to you, Keith, man, and we get your get get you pricked your brain. We 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 man, I, I we're just so happy you came on the show. It's just a just to just to give all your nuggets and and we can give you your your flowers and you can talk about what's going on in your mind dealing the Ella French and 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 other things that we have spoke about and man we really appreciate you coming on and and rapping with us and taking time I know you're busy man I know uh your family man and and by the way how how's how's little Kyla doing oh man he's doing fantastic man mm-hmm. he he, he it's all good. It ain't like it ain't like nothing. Cause you know what? I always been a daddy, man. I okay. Yeah, it's so it ain't nothing. He's a great baby, and I'm I'm honored to have him as my son, man. Man, congratulations, man. Congrats for sure. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. <laughs> hey guys, it's been great hanging out with you guys. Jules, a pleasure. Holiday, Jasmine. Um, I just want to um just thank you guys um with with the holidays coming up for our veterans. Um, you know, uh, thanks to all who serve and protect us throughout the country who have gone before us. But um, let's 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 face the reality. We got a battleground here that, that you guys are facing each and every day and every night and overnight. So I just want to thank you guys uh, for all that you do. Um, and then last but not least, for for anyone out there, um, officers, the first responders who, who need mental health for anything, don't think that, you know, the, the answer is to take your life. If you guys got to reach out to me, yes. you can find me. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Facebook, um, Keith A. Thornton Jr. Hit me up. I will come out, respond, do whatever I have to do, find resources. You can call me up at any hour. That's me. I love you guys and thank you so, so much. Love you too, bro. We appreciate you, man. Man, appreciate you. Thank you, cool, Keith. Thanks. Yes. Hit me thank up you. anytime, guys. All right. Yes, sir. Man. Hey, guys, man. That was That was dope, man. Yes, that was dope. That was dope. That was dope. It was, it was happy. It was sad. It was in the middle. It was we had fun. It was, in, you know, saying a lot of information and, man, that was a great, great, a great episode, man. Keep us a real cool dude, man. Real down to earth, man. I, man, we yeah. appreciate their brother for coming on. No, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, <laughs> that's it. I know we, we, I know we roll talk for a good minute on here. Uh, and that's it, man. So yeah, definitely. Holiday, Miss Waddy, man. Appreciate the ride along. Yeah. You know, always be nice until it's time not to be nice. And people listening, man, thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time. So, people, you can always check us out on Red Circle, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Verbal, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Please, we encourage you all, if you have any questions, comments, or you want to vent, hit us up at Black and Blue Vanguard Podcast at gmail.com. What is police brutality? Does it exist? Police brutality. A coined term that's been worked to death. It's run the gamut from physical brutality to rudeness. And it's a damaging term. When the police do something that's objectionable, call it what it is. Rudeness, undue force, neglect of duty, or whatever. But not police brutality. It can't be defined. It's just a label that some factions of our society use to destroy public faith in constituted law and authority. The police.